0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from what I watched tonight, and joining me from across the pond, he's totally killer, it's John Burke from BurkeReviews.com. How are you, sir?
1: I am back in the 80s, man, and ready to talk about this uh, horror
0: comedy. Right on, brother. Um, yeah, Yeah, my... Unscripted pun, play on words, gave away what we're talking about tonight, but that's fine. You've already seen the episode title. However, before we talk about tonight's film, uh, JB, are you keeping Florida safe and well? How are you?
1: Um, doing pretty well. It was nice and cool today. Uh, the first, I guess, I don't know if it's supposed to be our first taste of winter or first taste of fall, but um either way, <laughs> it's the un- uncharacteristically cool uh, Florida day today. Like, it, I woke up; it was in the fifties, feeling pretty good about it. Um, and it's still I think the high right now, it's only 72 at the middle of the afternoon, which it's usually like 90. So it's it's always nice uh, when the weather finally gets a little chilly. Normally, we'll, we're going to have like a spike in temperature again, like in a week or two. Uh, so usually what happens, we get this nice taste of winter and you get your jacket out. You got to dig it out because yeah. they get put away. Most most people put them <laughs> away. Um, and I got like so I dug my jacket out this morning. And I'm like, oh, I probably won't need this very long, but I, I want it while I can have it kind of thing and um you know found my hoodie and went to work um and then like probably next week i'll be like oh my god i need shorts because it's too hot uh so who knows but um that's usually the how it goes so it's pretty nice and i saw it's it's pretty it's extra cold where you are huh
0: yeah jb is flexing this morning sending me uh, the weather just because it was particularly cold over there and obviously there's that five hour time difference between florida and uh L- the london area where i am i was like man that's that's the temperature here now and it's midday time Well, this morning well it was so cold this morning or chilly that i decided to turn my alarm off and you know, have a, li- a little bit extra shut eye in the nice and warm bed turns out i was almost late for work because of it. it is that horrible feeling when you kind of wake up, check your phone, and you jump out of bed and you just have to kind of run to the shower, get dressed. Then I've got to walk 10 minutes to work once I park up. So it's like, I just about made it a minute or two late, but it's fine. Everything, you know, you know I'll, pay up, I'll pay it forward eventually. I'll, I'll turn up two minutes late, maybe the next time I'm in. But yeah, my man, it's cold. I've got my hoodie on. I've got my, um, I guess officially it's a burnt orange hoodie on, but it's a pumpkin hoodie. Wearing that today. I've got black jeans on. I'm going full Halloween, full spooky season in terms of my wardrobe. And I can't complain about things over here, my friend. It's the spooky season. It's the best time of the year, autumn slash fall and this is, this is what I live for, my man. It's getting cold. It's getting dark early. All, that, all those seasonal treats, which I've had already had some today. Krispy Kreme sent me a text saying, because you're a member, which is embarrassing to say online, uh, it's two for one on Halloween donuts today. But only if you buy it today. Can't oh, not not do that now. So I had to buy the Halloween donuts today, and I ate both of them. But I spread them out over a few hours. So I'm suitably full of um, stodge for this evening's, show one which we hope is an absolute doozy it depends if the film is but the shows always are Uh, if you're new to the bloody awesome movie podcast welcome each week we talk about the biggest film release of the week the only film release of the week or sometimes we go back in time to talk about a film that came out a few weeks back because there are no good films coming out this week and by film i mean like actual film not the one that jb will mention later on in the show so this week we are just discussing... oh, i didn't see it oh you didn't see it no because oh, it's 20
1: dollars. <laughs> i was like no thank, oh, you. <laughs>
0: thank you yeah i mean and okay in that case the era's tour. i've no interest in it again i'm sure i've seen lots of people watching it and getting very excited and i'm thinking oh, i can't sit in a theater and see people dancing i can't i just want to watch the show man um but shout out fair play to everyone who's enjoyed the era's tour. It's raking in money It's getting bums in seats in the theaters Taylor, thank you for getting people into the cinema this week. We know you listen. We know you're a big fan. We'll send you a T-shirt if you want us to. Um, so we're not talking about the Ares Tour this week. We are talking about Totally Killer, uh, which was, which streamed on Prime, Open on this October the 6th, the same day as last week's film, The Exorcist Believer, which is also a Blumhouse film, just as this is. So we're going two Blumhouse films in two weeks. Now, we don't spoil the films on this main episode we will have a a short spoiler mini so dropping in a few days time uh with our spoilery thoughts on this so let's get to the tale of the tape this is directed by nanacha khan it's written by david matelon sasha pearl raver and jen d'angelo and it stars keenan Shipka, uh, olivia holt charlie gillespie lachlan Monroe. Troy Leanne Johnson Liana Liberato Kelsey Mawema Steffi Chinsava, Ana Diaz Ella Choi and a lot more people to boot but they're your kind of uh, major players now what does the synopsis for this film say JB it says when the infamous sweet 16 killer returns 35 years after their first murder spree to claim another victim 17 year old Jamie accidentally travels back in time to 1987 determined to stop the killer before he can start i don't know about you john but i hate it when i take a wrong turn and accidentally travel back in time to 1987 but um jamie is played by kian and shipter Shipker, she is our lead here so let's talk about this film in a non-spoiler way uh it's not it's not going to be a spoiler to say the influences of this film are right there for everybody to see it's back to the future it's mean girls it's scream it's final girls it's Um, hot tub time machine it's all these films halloween every horror film of the 80s
1: uh heathers (laughs) and heathers yes uh, you
0: mentioned that one yeah
1: a a definitely a tribute to some john hughes elements at least the molly ringwald of it all
0: god yeah oh yeah there's a there's one of the characters who's obsessed with molly ringwald and happy death day as well and freaky as well let's just throw them all in there but it's so depending on your tolerance for a film which has for me like absolutely no originality to it you will enjoy this film or you won't. Now I, I I thought this film was pretty good. I used a pun in my social media review that I didn't think it was totally killer in terms of its execution, but I thought it's enjoyable enough. There are elements to it which I, I wasn't as keen on. It's a horror comedy, guys, so get, beware of that. This isn't a straight-up horror film. It's well it's more of a comedy horror. Sometimes the comedy works, sometimes the comedy doesn't work, and it's the moments where it doesn't work. When it clanged a bit and some jokes or commentary, it started to feel a little bit stretched at times throughout the film where, you know, I, I tip my cap for, you know, have poking fun at the difference between now and then. But it started to feel a little bit unnatural and inorganic way of kind of speaking. It felt like too much like the, the, they were trying to tell me something here. And, you know, I don't need to be spoon-fed. I can, I can see. And, I, and and the one or two gags about it is enough for me. But um, So the gags were good. They weren't the greatest throughout. But I thought Kiernan Shipka, who is... Uh, she's a scream queen now. I think she's great in um, pretty much everything I've seen. her, I and I loved her in The Black Coat's Daughter. Uh, I think she's fantastic in that. And everything else I've seen her, her, she's been really good. Uh, I think she's uh, very good in this film. She's very committed. She's having a good time. She's the only member of the cast who isn't a stereotype. But that is by design. I will say that as well. Um, and I think she leads the film well. It's a, a classic movie cliche quote, but I think, you know, in lesser hands, the role would, the film would suffer if they didn't have such a decent actress leading it. And that's not to say that the uh, the rest of the crew uh, aren't aren't fun to watch. Olivia Holt is uh, very cool in this. Lachlan Munro uh, of scary movie fame and many more. Freddy versus Jason too. It's good. Liana Liberato, who's in Scream six i want to say uh she's clearly having they're, they're all having a great time in this film but it's yeah yeah your your tolerance will depend on how much you can take a film which it really does hang its influences on its sleeve certain scenes are kind of lifted straight from certainly at like halloween and when they're not done quite as well then it does clang so much and the amount of times i mentioned back to the future is there's an awful lot, but I don't know. It's a good looking film, JB. I think they actually captured the, the vibe of the eighties really quite well. It's been on Vogue now for a few years, you know, that nostalgia retro vibe for the eighties. Though people who are in the eight live in the eighties long enough will tell you that wasn't quite as cool, but I think they captured a vibe. I think the, the costume design is very cool. I think the choice of soundtrack is very good as well. I like the, the sweet 16 killers mask. He, uh, he looks like, um, Stretch Armstrong meets Michael Myers. I'm I'm here for that. It's something different. And when it does get grisly, there are some uh you know, it gets a little it does get a bit brutal, it does get a bit violent. But mm-hmm. it is more of a it is more in the vein of that PG 13 horror. So if you are particularly squeamish or uh you don't like atmospheric tense films, you'll be totally fine here. The film is is almost playful in its tone which I enjoyed. And sometimes that's what you need, JB. We've seen films, we've covered films in the last few weeks, which are very serious and know, very, we, we take ourselves very seriously. And never we, we want to be very spooky and atmospheric intense. And this spooky season, and as with every, every else, every other one, sometimes it's nice to just have a film, which clearly doesn't take itself too seriously is clearly self-aware, but is having fun doing it. The film doesn't pretend to be anything else other than what it is. And you know, wh- whether, whether the film completely won me over, which, you know, I wasn't keen on the, the third act or the final kind of big battle is he, you don't, you don't even bother looking into the time travel mechanics or machinations because like most time travel films, there is no logic. It's just, this is what Ooh. I did. Just follow it. And you know, I'm fine in a film like this JB where they're not taking themselves seriously. I'm fine with leaps of logic. If this was a straight up kind of, if this was a Chris Nolan film where they got the experts in to help write and craft these scenes, then I'd think what's going on here, but you know, it's not, it's not that deep. It's not that um, kind of film. Okay. I enjoyed it, John, for what it's worth. I don't think it was great. I think it's been getting, it's been getting hyped up a lot online. I think maybe some of that is um, slightly OTT, but I enjoyed it. It's a fun antidote to some of the more serious and not quite so good films out there john but yeah it's it's good i think it's saved by its lead performance
1: i i think she's incredible in this movie i had a much better time it sounds like than you um i am a sucker for uh homage uh especially when it's clearly done with love and um they're not trying to hide it right like i feel like absolutely not While the Joker and Todd Phillips have come out and acknowledged the influence of Taxi Driver and the King of Comedy, uh, that movie feels more like it's not blatantly wearing it on its sleeve if you don't know those two films. Where this movie is – I mean even some of the set design feels like, oh, well, this is from this movie and this is – like The Cabin in the Woods feels like it could be The Cabin in the Woods or it could be a reference to Evil Dead or too yeah, yeah. many like uh even friday the 13th you know where there's a lot of cabin stuff um th- you know there's setups with throughout this film that feel very familiar and it's it's not in any way trying to hide it as you said the most obvious pull is back to the future um and that yeah, movie yeah. exists in this thing she references it directly there's a lot of people who are like yeah that movie rocks and um they don't directly reference scream i don't think uh they do not. that that might be no, a, they do
0: once They do once okay
1: because they do, they, they do. she she says, "I'm dressed up Molly Ringwald from Breakfast Club, the group of four girls that are the Mean Girls type vibe." Which, of course, you could also reference Mean Girls. Um, they they refer to themselves as the Mollys because they're each like a different uh, version of of <laughs> Molly Ringwald. But uh, clearly, that's also a Heather's direct reference, and the darkness of the darkness of the humor, I think, in the film um, plays in on that. Uh, I I really enjoyed everything. I don't fully agree with you on the time travel stuff because one time travel is theoretical, right? Like there is no definitive um, answer because we, we haven't done it. So we don't actually know how it works. There's just a lot of different theories. One of the main theories though, is also depicted in the Watchmen, which is that everything that ever has happened has already happened. And everything that will happen has already happened. Uh, which is why Dr. Manhattan's able to exist in any phase in history. He's basically there. He can just witness it live in in its actual happening which is the river theory that this movie kind of throws out as its explanation for how time travel works again it's one of many theories all of which are probably wrong cuz time travel probably can't happen uh no. but um but nevertheless and again i'm not saying it's it's flawless but as i have many times on this podcast pointed out when movies uh go against its own logic. This movie I feel does a pretty good job of of maintaining its own logic. Whether or not it would hold up in a scrutinized scientific way, that definitely is debatable, well, but again, it's all theoretical anyways, right? Like so I think they are playing on an actual theory of time travel. Um whether or not it's the current prevailing theory I think is up there uh yeah. or is up for debate, but um, I, I really like the dynamic this movie does. Uh, I don't think it does it enough, but we do get uh, where we're in the we're in 1987 for a big chunk of it, but we're cutting back to characters in modern day, and they how the two are playing off of each other. I think is very interesting. Something that Back to the Future never does. In the same way, it's never like cross cutting between those two times. Obviously, like in Back to the Future two, they travel to nineteen eighty five and then back to nineteen fifty five and then into twenty. Not in this order, of course, into twenty fifteen. Um, but they never—they're not cross cutting between characters in those different time periods. It's like they're in this period now, they're in this period now, they're in this period. This movie's doing that interesting thing again. I don't think it fully embraces that, but I was—I was shocked when we cut back to the modern day and seeing how those two things are in in real time affecting each other and i thought that was really interesting um i i enjoyed a lot of the performances but definitely kieran shipka is incredible in the lead she's uh able to balance the tone because she's she's asked to be like an emotional you know um she's going through a loss and so there is an emotion there that's very i think played very seriously and um empathetically and i i think she's able to pull that off she's able to do the humor very well uh she makes a lot of little snarky jokes and a lot of the commentary is very much of this generation if you know a lot of you know like 16 17 year olds which i taught high school for a long time i know a lot of them uh their attitude towards the 80s culture the toxicity and the uh the the kind of you know lackadaisical approach to like smoking and to following mm-hmm. rules and uh some of as a teacher some of my favorite jokes are about the school like when she she goes and st- a I'm, a, I'm an exchange student and they're just like yeah okay cool and she's like oh really um because yeah, in yeah. today's standards schools are so secure that
0: one yeah
1: yeah it, it's it's wild to kind of remember that it used to be super relaxed like schools used to be real chill by comparison to today's like we're now, I mean, we are out of necessity, essentially a second prison system where, you know, there's lockdowns, especially here in the States. Um, I found, uh, that those jokes to be kind of funny. Um, I, I, I think a lot of comedies end up kind of running their, their bits into the ground. And that's, this movie's not free of that. I think some things do get repeated, maybe incessantly for a time. Um, uh there is a mystery to this who is the killer um i was mostly satisfied with with that storyline um it's hard to nail that and it's i think we have an expectation where we want to be uh blindsided by a twist or by a mystery and it's really hard to do i i think you know the movies that have done it those stand out but more often than not it's you know it's not unpredictable but it's also not necessarily predictable and the movie does uh some interesting things to try to keep that um as a mystery though so you're actually actively trying to figure out who done it um yeah i i had a, a, i had kind of written this off the name didn't really pull me in um i it's a prime movie but i I really wish Prime had put this in theaters, um, mostly because there's not a lot out right now. And I would much rather people pay to see this than pay to see The Exorcist Beginner or pay to see Saw X, which I like yeah, more uh, than you. I didn't, I really didn't like Believer compared to you. Um, but uh, yeah, you know I, you <laughs> yeah, it's definitely seeming that you are one of the kinder ones, which I really thought you'd be the harshest of all of the critics because of your admiration for the original. But yeah. Um, but yeah totally killer i don't think it's a masterpiece but i think it is a masterpiece at what it's doing like i think it's paying tribute to all it's a love letter to all of these movies and Mm -hmm. it's not hiding that it's not it's not uh director hold on um i don't have her name in front of me oh
0: nanachka khan
1: thank you nanachka khan um I I don't think she's trying to act like I had this original idea. It's like, no, no. She's like, I grew up watching movies. I love these movies. I want to make a movie that pays tribute to all of the things that inspired me and loved me. And obviously there's a lot of writers on this film. So, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of writers on this film. Uh, and she's not one of them. So, you know, Jen, D'Angelo, Sasha Pearl, Raver, and David Mettallon. And, uh, Oh, it's just, I'm sorry. There's only three. They, two of them also have story credits that threw me off. I thought there were five writers. but uh, clearly, you know there's a lot of love for these movies, and as a fan of movies, I always kind of get into this kind of stuff. That's why I like Final Final Girls so much as well. Um, you Final Girls uh, is great. It, there's something about when you've invested the ridiculous number of hours that you and I have invested into cinema. There, you get to be a part of inside jokes that I often find. I take a lot of joy in, you know, like I like knowing the references. I'm very much the Leonardo DiCaprio meme from mm-hmm. once upon a time in Hollywood. I'm just like pointing at the screen. Like, Oh, I know that. I know that. And, um, that's what this movie is, is it is, it is for people like that. If you enjoy being on the inside of the bits, if you enjoy getting the references again, sometimes they are directly stating what, what the reference is, but, um, a lot of times like i'm a few seconds ahead of it like when in the beginning julie bowen's character says i'm dressed up like uh molly ringwell from the breakfast club i'm like i already knew that outfit immediately you yep. know like it wasn't i didn't need to hear that to know it but you know i know that there are going to be people who do and and for some kid who's watching some millennial who's seeing this and maybe has never seen the breakfast club they might be like oh i'm gonna have to go watch some of these 80s movies and that's awesome if this is a gateway movie for you that's incredible to me like if you've never seen scream and this movie is gonna be the thing that sparks your interest to go and watch it or by God if you've never seen back to the future and totally killers the reason you finally watch yeah. the hands-down best trilogy ever made then yes uh, I and that is glove Throne, Star Wars
0: um huge show. I'm thinking Lord of the Rings as well in there I
1: pff, I don't even put Lord of the Rings on the top three no I'm joking Lord <laughs> of the, don't hit me with elves um I truthfully believe back to the future is the best trilogy. I, I, I say that without any, um, because I think it's consistent. Like, I don't know, man. I just, I've seen that more than any other trilogy. I am a huge, huge back to the future fan. So, uh, that definitely got this movie some extra points because it's, it's love of that franchise that I love as well. Um, and you know, there's, there's little nods. Like, uh, when the time machine, I don't think this is a spoiler. The time machine is a photo booth. Um, when she <laughs> utilizes it, which that's not a spoiler because that's the whole premise. She no, has to travel back because um, the the pictures come out, and I'm like, ooh, they're setting up the the picture that sh- that will be her- the frame of reference, the ticking clock that Back to the Future One uses. So,
0: film.
1: yeah, right. It's it's used so importantly to giving a narrow window of time, like Marty has. A ticking clock, and if he can't succeed by the end of this time, we know what will happen to him. It gives us stakes that otherwise would not exist in that world, right? And I'm like, cool, they're going to reference that. And they do, but how they reference it I think is really funny, and I, I enjoyed those little nods again. I have not only watched Back to the Future an insane number of times. It is a film that is top-tier co- comfort movie for me. Like, if I'm feeling stressed out, the trilogy comes on. Like, it is, it is a go-to for me, but I've also taught Back to the Future multiple times, so I have read everything, I've studied everything, I've listened to podcasts about it, it is a, l- a legitimate favorite movie of mine, um, hands down. And, to be fair, for a long time I didn't know this, uh, and I was kind of embarrassed to have, like, Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies, but there are arguments made by people s- smarter than me at cinema that Back to the Future is the hands down perfect screenplay by comparison to anything, that it has no wasted yeah. space. Um, yeah, so it, again, it's not saying it's the most prestigious or like brilliant in terms of like what the story is, but in terms of writing a screenplay effectively to tell a story, everything,
0: everything yeah, works. Yeah,
1: it's it's a perfect like example of the process, and this movie toys with that process, which is an interesting kind of bold decision. It's like if you're using the framing of a considered to be perfect structured screenplay, and then you're messing with the formula, that's a bold choice, and I think it it doesn't necessarily work it's it does not work better but i think it adds to interesting takes in the film because of those changes so i i probably wouldn't have watched this and even when we were picking what to do because we decided not to do the error store (laughs) um which hopefully won't be in error uh Ah. we were torn between this um and vhs 90 uh sorry vhs 85 um and you i think you were like we should do totally killer which makes more sense i think uh prime is obviously going to be a more ubiquitous streaming service i think than Shudder for a lot of people
0: this has also got more wide appeal i think this film
1: but um i am so glad that you picked it because it it really clicked for me uh, this is a film that i i i would totally buy uh because it's it's got that type of comfort feel to me cuz i love scream too. scream is another movie i've seen way too many times right like my cousin and I used to, it was my cousin's favorite movie when we were in high school and we would watch it frequently. So like I've seen scream so many times and I've seen back to the future so many times. So for a movie to kind of take those two and obviously a lot of other influence, but I do feel like those are the two core films at the heart of this movie. Um, especially I think that opening sequence is so close to paying homage to the Drew Barrymore sequence in scream. Um, that, uh, you know it doesn't go full in but it's definitely it's definitely there um yeah i i adore this movie i i don't think it's perfect mind you but as far as like knowing what like hits my my buttons this movie did it so i had a great time with it
0: yeah no and that's nothing wrong with that um it's i i I, you know i I stand by my idea that for me everything you just said is i don't disagree with but for for (laughs) some people i do think the constant pointing out you know here's another here's another it's the second yeah. film this year to get an endgame reference in as well which you know fair play games oh. becoming more and more in that zeitgeist but i do think for some people it might be a little eye rolling but it's the same i found it um I, I don't want to sound overly negative about the film because i did have a good time with it and i found it to be quite endearing at times because pretty much all the films I referenced I love those films anyway, so you know, any kind of, even if they don't do the, the thing as well as the other films do, that's cool, still reminds me of those other films, so I get that warm feeling, and the other time travel stuff, it, it, it's all theoretical anyway, and and that's why I said the film knows what it is, it's very self-aware, there are times in it where a character will say, you know, a, a butterfly effect type of thing, mm-hmm. if you do something now, won't it affect what happens in the future? And the film, like, Deliveries is just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see because it's not important. It's just, you know, it's, it's the question that people ask all the time. Well, if I, yeah, if, if I, if, if mum and dad get together earlier, what's going to happen in the future? And they kind of play around with that. And, um, and I'm I, here for it. But it's yeah. the, it was mainly that finale, which I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, when the actual, the setting of it, I was like, yeah, I'm not really digging that. And some of the effect visuals weren't working, but again, sometimes it's just technical. But no, like I said, I think it's a really, really cool, um, uh, reverse of what we've been getting recently. And it is the kind of film thil- film that I think would do well. It would have done well in cinemas. So I totally 100% yeah. agree, especially this time of year for, for, right. for teens to go and watch. Hopefully they keep quiet watching it. Parties. It's a date film. They're going to take, go and take your, your date to watch this film and you have a great time. You come out, you don't come out shivering cause you've just seen the most brutally gory film ever. But you come out because you've seen a, a cool throwback, good vibes, good music, um, good performances mostly, uh, and, a, and a pretty good film overall. I think this film would have done really well at theatres. And just before I chuck over, I tailor the tape, JB. I knew I forgot something. The key part of our episodes is, you know, I thought this was pretty good. I think I'd give it a 7 out of 10. JB is higher than I am on this one. What, the, what, is, what does the world think of it? Can't believe I forgot this. I was so excited to get into it. Uh, critically, my friend John Burke, this has got an 87% of Rotten Tomatoes. So this, mm-hmm. is, this is scoring high with the critics, 78% with the audience. So there you have it. Audience are going to what uh, are, are streaming this film and they are very much enjoying it. I think it does well at theatres. Meta score, very respectable, 62. 6.6 out of 10 IMDb user score. And Letterboxd, those snobby old cinephiles over there, 32 out of 5 so you know um, dwindling scores almost there but I think they're all very respectable given their respective mediums you know 62 on Metascore score for a film such as this I think it's pretty damn good and those RT scores both of them are extremely extremely good I'd be more inclined to go with the audience slightly lower but yep, it's, it's a good fun film and I would be really interested to see if Prime ever release their numbers of how this film has done this month and as we get closer to the big night of halloween this is a film i think a lot of people will be tuning into jb
1: yeah and i i hope the podcast does enough to help people find it like i have uh former students that are like big horror fans that hadn't heard of this um and i was messaging like everyone that i i'm like i have a specific former student who i'm pretty sure does still listen to our podcast uh who is also a major back to the future fan and i was like dude it's for people like us and also who are fans of Scream, which is also he and I. Um, so I'm hoping – I don't know if he's watched it yet, but I know he's going to love this movie. Or it could. there's always that chance that maybe he'll find it, like you said, more annoying than endearing, but I, I think he'll enjoy it. Um, he's usually pretty chill and just likes a lot of things. He's definitely more of the I'd rather – I'd rather have something than nothing kind of vibe. So like, he's always kind of a little more positive, even when something's not good, he'll be like, well, I don't think it's great, but I don't hate it kind of vibe, which I, I appreciate. Cause sometimes we get so mad at these movies and I'm, I'm guilty of it. Mind you, I'm not speaking as yeah, though I fine. don't, uh, there are some movies where I'm just like, why am I angry that it was this bad? And, um, what was, I just saw something where I was like really frustrated when I got home and I was like, I can't, rah, rah. I think it was, I think it might've been believer, uh, where I was just like, I can't believe I sat two hours for this stupid movie. You wouldn't Um, believe him. Yeah, but, and then every once in a while, a movie uh, that you kind of go into, uncertain what you're going to get. I I think I was 15 minutes into Totally Killer, and I was like, okay, this movie's totally made for me to have just the (laughs) ultimate blast. Like, this is not a a movie that you're supposed to come in with, like, a serious, like, oh, I'm looking for uh, this, you know, life-changing experience. This is a movie that's like, this is going to entertain me. And I'm going to enjoy it. And that's what I, I think this movie crushes that it, it is. It's like ordering a pizza on a Friday night when you're like 17 and no one else is there. It's like, this is a extra large pepperoni pizza just for me. And, and, you know, you're not going to feel guilty about eating it because you're, you're young and it's fun. So
0: you do not have to be 17 to order that, by the way, (laughs) Yeah, as a disclaimer, this guy does that as well. But this is what it is. It's a, it's a pizza and beer or pizza and soda film on a Friday night by yourself with your buddies. It's that kind of film. It's, it's, it's not going to offend your horror sensibilities. I think it would do well. I'd love to know how well it's done. Yeah. With the streaming figures, but you never can tell with these uh, big companies. So, uh, jb have you got anything else to say about totally killer before we move on no i i've said
1: everything i think i can until we get to spoilers because there's some there's some definitely spoilery stuff i want to mention
0: yes sir so we'll be dropping that in the next few days so check that out as well if you've seen the film and want to hear our thoughts about the spoilery things that happen who's the killer the twists and all that good stuff as well so check that out in a few days in the meantime we're going to move on now to our next scheduled segment which is called Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And again, this week for the third week in a row, we are eschewing tradition. We're not talking about a movie headline that's come out. We are sticking with horror movie Havoc. We're in week three now of our very own horror movie bracket where we have chosen 15 films each from Shudder that are available to watch on Shudder. So you guys can check it out with us and we have ranked them based on their letterbox ratings and my film and John's film for 14 days fought off against each other. We had a buy 15 days. We had a buy where possession was the film that got through because it was the highest rated film on Letterbox, that was also on Shudder. We right. are now in the second round of the bracket, but we are going to go through. We'll alternate with these ones, jb Just freeze. Of uh, so we've got the last of our bracket one um matchups to run through, and we have the first of our second round to run through. So, so the first one that we didn't cover last week that we're going to mention this week was the matchup between Daniel isn't real, which is my choice, and John's choice of Ginger Snaps, and it, this was a clean sweep. I chose John's choice. He chose his own. You guys out there as well. If you haven't been tuning in. Yeah, we've picked a film each, but it doesn't mean we're going to pick our own film in because we don't know what the matchup is going to be. However, we do also throw out a social poll on our Instagram stories and on Twitter or X for you guys to also pick your film. However, for this one, we didn't need a deciding vote. Ginger Snaps was the winner. Ginger Snaps is so cool. I like Ginger Snaps an awful lot um i think the first film's really good actually the second one's good the third film and eh, not so good but uh i really like um i can't remember the uh catherine isabel and catherine i can't remember the names now. i'm so sorry i can't remember the names but the two two leads are, are are so good the film's really good i know you've got a comparison to make which which i dig as well um but yeah ginger snaps i like dan uh, daniel isn't real actually no, I liked it. i think it was it was okay ginger snaps all day long for me jbs it's, it's the right result isn't it i think so
1: uh catherine isabel and emily perkins are the two leads in ginger snaps
0: <laughs> sorry I, oh. I use one of their names to call both of them i thought they were called catherine and isabel i knew it i knew those names were in there somewhere
1: i had to look it up to just for clarity <laughs> I, I did not like know that by heart um i have
0: one not, of them is uh, from it
1: ah i'm i'm very curious to see ginger snaps too but i don't understand how they're both in it um yeah. you know without spoiling the first one i guess but yeah. uh um i had not seen that's the thing with the votes uh i picked movies and so did you that we had not necessarily seen some of them i had some of them i had not so
0: most of mine but not all
1: and I, I was picking movies partly based on ratings but also what was on um, Shudder and some that I like, like magic I picked because I'd always wanted to see magic because Anthony Perkins, uh, sorry, not Perkins Hopkins, um, wrong Anthony. And, uh, you know, the connection to the, the, the puppet, I knew it was involved with like Slappy's inspiration and stuff. So, um, I had like picked things like that. So I didn't know if I would like the movies that I picked in some cases, like I had never seen ginger snaps. There was a good chance I'd watch it and it's terrible. Also somehow I had it in my head that they were vampires, not werewolves, which, I am a Whoa. much bigger fan of werewolf movies than I am vampire movies, uh, collectively that said, I do prefer universal's Dracula to the werewolf, but, or the wolf man, excuse me. Um, interesting. But, uh, so like ginger snaps really won me over. It's got the horror comedy vibes and the, uh, comparison Matt alluded to that. I immediately, while I was watching, was like, well, this reminds me of Jennifer's body a lot. And mm-hmm. I Googled in terms of, I'm not the first person to make that obvious comparison. um, it's, they're not the same movie, but there's a lot of parallels, and it is an interesting uh, considering that Jennifer's Body has had a resurgence because it was originally kind of laughed at and mocked. Um, and has now become a cult classic. Uh, Ginger Snaps, I think, deserves that same uh, appeal. The one difference is that Jennifer's Body is directed by um, a female Karen, director. Who's, thank you. And written by Diablo Cody, which I always forget uh, because it's around the same time as Juno. Like, it, it's... You know her. They're they're closer together than one would think, um, and uh, this is directed by a, a guy whose name I also don't remember. Um, and so you have, I think, the male gaze plays a factor into that a little more. John Fawcett, um, and I've not seen anything else he's done either. Uh, he also looks alarmingly like Jim Gaffigan. Um, so, <laughs> um, but I. I you know, picked it with no no expectations, and it. It, it's. I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. It's a film that I, I definitely could see revisiting. So
0: nice. Yeah, that's a good film. Second one's pretty good as well. But um, yeah, and Jen, Jennifer uh, Ginger Snaps is certainly a cult film, but it hasn't had that. It, it, yeah. It's had its time in the sun, and it hasn't yeah. had another reemergence yet. Jennifer's Body Fair. was always a good film, but the Steve, like the awful, disgusting studio machinations behind the scene about. You know how they what they told Diablo Cody and K- Karen kasawa to including the film was uh, yeah it's 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 not good um and now people are seeing it for more than what the studio tried to market it at, as which was Megan Fox hot there's your film that's what the studio wanted that was literally that what they put on one of the uh on one of the studio notes is what's what's the film oh, wow. going to be about it just said Megan Fox hot that was it hundred percent it's there for everyone to see um. Good film, Jennifer's Body. Great film, Ginger Snaps as well. Uh, JB, next matchup was a close one.
1: Oh, no, it wasn't. Um, it was a controversial <laughs> one, too. Uh, so I have notoriously not seen a lot of the original versions of American Remakes. Uh, the Ring, The Grudge. I've not seen the original versions of those two films. Yep. Uh, Ringu, which I hope I'm saying it is It is Ringu. Yes, yep, uh, yep. I, I had obviously heard great things. Um, and I went in with like, oh, this is going to be great. Cause I I, I got to say, though, to be fair, when I saw The Ring for the first time, it was it was right after it came out on home video. People ha- I, I was not a huge horror fan and I was kind of freaked out. Everyone had said it was like, oh, it's the scariest movie. It's the scariest movie. So <laughs> I went in very much afraid that I was going to be like a total wuss and not be able to uh, sit through it. And there's another movie that was similarly around the same time, I think, even was the House of a Thousand Corpses. People were telling me it was the scariest thing they'd ever seen and blah, 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 blah. And I think especially when you're not big in horror at the time, I especially was not. Um, you go in so freaked out that it's it was impossible for those movies to live up to that internal yeah. anxiety. And yeah. um, so I, I was I thought The Ring was not good the first time I saw it. Uh, I rewatched it years later, and I was like, no, no, I totally appreciate what this movie's doing, and I actually think it's very well made, and Naomi one Watts is really good. As well. Yeah, and and it's, uh, I think it's a really great PG-13 horror, which there's not a lot of yeah. that, right, like, um, there are some out there, like, I think The Others is another great example of a really solid PG-13 horror, yep. and yep. A Quiet Place, which I think is one of the best uh, PG-13 horrors, even though there's a lot of, really dumb stuff in that movie when you really analyze it, but it's still like (laughs) as far, as far as an experiential film, I think it's incredible. And some of the sound design in in the quiet place, that all that to say, I really wanted Ringu to blow me away. I thought it would scare me. I thought it would be like, Oh, it's so much better than the ring. I, I didn't think it was better than The Ring. I actually think The Ring, because of, I think partly because of time, but also I do think there's some cultural stuff. I think some of the score in Ringu really felt over the top and more melodrama than than horror to me. Um, and I still haven't gone back to check the the well sequence in The Ring, but I swear there's not a sequence of them bucket after bucket emptying water to find um, Sor- uh, S- Soraya, Sonara, Sonara? uh samara samara um i don't think that's in uh, there is a well obviously but i don't think they have to like there's a montage in the ringu of them like bucket after bucket after bucket and he's like yelling at her she's moving too slow and i'm like that that's not in i would remember this if this is in the ring right like they must have like this is dumb uh because it's like it's a horror movie and this feels comedic to me more so than not (laughs) and i actually felt that way with Rith throughout the film and I do think that's what I'm saying I think it's cultural I have not watched a lot of Japanese horror um and I think maybe it's just that style didn't quite register for me the way that it has for so many others and your pick Hell House LLC freaked me out like there were things in that movie and I'm I am a I have watched a lot of found footage stuff and I mostly hate it. I think a lot of times it is the movie itself does not justify the format, right? I think the Blair, Witch is the best example of when the, the style justifies the storytelling. Like it makes perfect sense to tell it through documentary film in that way. When this movie, I think does a similarly good job. It doesn't all add up. And there's some things that feel a little bit more like, well, that wouldn't have happened, but Mm -hmm. The, the way some of the scares happen with the framing because of the nature of, like, this found footage vibe, I thought was really compelling and 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 scary. And um, also, let's be real. If you've ever been to a kind of shady piece together haunted <laughs> yeah. house, and I've watched not one, but two documentaries about people who make these types of, like, do-it-yourself, you know, um, h- horror mazes that are freaky in and of themselves. But the idea that you are... Walking into a room, I mean, there's that really crappy horror film Hellfest. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah you, that plays yeah, on that, that as, well. as well. But it it is a legitimately terrifying thing because in theory, if someone were going to commit a murder and hide out, a haunted house is the best place, right? And so, like yeah. this this film playing on that idea, and the, even I just find the whole building of the haunted house to be an interesting subject matter. Like, how do you set it up? How do you cast and all of that? and so i found this film to be really really captivating I, I was surprised that there's now three more of them um one coming out this year in fact i think like this week uh is they pre-seen it is it good or bad
0: uh i'll save that for you to watch jp
1: okay well you you voted for ringu which was my movie my movie won but i Wild. did not vote for it um what i don't know what your thoughts on hell house were though did you like it or were you like ringu is a clear obvious winner or was it like a tough decision for you
0: no uh well um i could that that's the funny thing is i i picked hell house uh lsc you picked ringu i voted for yours you voted for mine it's the it's the 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 bonkersness of this bracket which i love um i don't think it was a, a runaway victory because when i first watched hell house similarly to you i thought it was a really tight horror film i thought it had a really some really decent effective scares it was let down by a few things during it Uh, but ringu part of it is i remember watching it for the first time before seeing uh the ring um good old back in the days and so i kind of went into it with that having seen it first. So that was my first experience of this, that type of film. Whereas the American remake, which I actually think does a really good job of capturing the tone of the, of Ringu. Um, I thought I just don't know. Something about Ringu. There's something about the stripped back nature of it, which just works for me. And um, I know, I, I know what you mean. That It's not, it doesn't feel quite as um, polished maybe as the ring, but I think it's very effective still. And I think had it gone up against some of the other films, Ringu had it gone up against some of the other films in this bracket. I think it, I don't think it comes out on top against a decent proportion of this film. But for me, it just held held it over Hell House LLC because I don't know. I found it a little bit more captivating, a little bit more gripping. Uh, some, t- I find myself gravitating towards those kind of films more, most of like silent films in, in a sense, other than the score, like you mentioned, which is very obtrusive. But I think Hell House, Hell House LLC really does utilise its found footage um, concept really well because um, it's it, 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 the footage is it's similar to the Blair Witch kind of uh, premise where you know this happens and then years later this happens and you know I I think that's a really cool framing device which works so much better than other ones you see where there is no need for. The people to be filming in fact one of the films we were going to cover this week vhs 85 has a gratuitous use of um a jB's watched actually a gratuitous use of film of just like continuing to film when there is absolutely no need to do so if mm. me. but it wasn't it wasn't a uh, a runaway jB but it was it was close but ringu took the day for me it also took it for the social poll so ringu advances to the second round. Of horror movie happy twenty twenty three, um, the next uh, matchup though this was this this was very much the new versus the old now, the Dark and the Wicked versus Reanimator. Uh, I chose the Dark and the Wicked as my bracket choice. John chose Reanimator, and that is how the votes went as well. We both voted for each other for, for our own film. Sorry, so it's left up to all of you guys out there. And in what m- maybe it's an upside. I don't know. Depends on what you think of the film. The Dark and the Wicked took the social vote. Now, I'm up for that because I think The Dark and the Wicked is dark and wicked. I think it's such a very good film. I think I saw it at Fantasia Fest in the year that it came out. Yeah. And it really, I really worked for me then. And it's just a slow burn. It's cruel. There's some really shocking scenes in it, some really gruesome scenes, really tense atmospheric scenes in it. And obviously, uh, Reanimator. Stuart got a classic Stuart Gordon, uh, Barbara Crampton, uh, Jeffrey Coombs matchup again, based on the HB Lovecraft films. It's big it's out there. It's gruesome. And it's also got, uh, it's got fantastic practical effects. If it's down to yeah, effects only reanimated wins hands down over most of these films, but it, it came down to what it's, what I said about the last films, JB is that the dark and the wicked, the tone of that film was so suffocating to me. I found it so atmospheric and so scary uh because of that that it had to win for me whereas reanimator is let's face it reanimator is a great film in its own right i, th- I think there'll be people out there who it won't work for because reanimator th- there are films like this these these um stuart gordon lovecraft films or these type eh, films from this era they're just not going to work for everybody they're too out there they're too weird they're too body horrory and gory i think it's great reanimator but I had to go with the film that affected me most in this. And I went with the dark and the wicked uh, JP, you went with reanimator though. You went against me.
1: Yes. Uh, I had seen, I had not, I did not rewatch dark and the wicked. I saw that at the same festival back in 2020. Yes, um, I did kind of look at my, my two ratings, but reanimator has that weird kind of eighties comedic take to horror. That's it. Yeah. Um, that just kind of clicks for me uh, a lot. It seems to be a, like, I like house also earlier in this uh, bracket. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I tend to like, I think I like eighties, like practical effects a lot. Um, you, yeah. It's one of the reasons why I was a big fan of this year's Onyx, the fortuitous and the talisman of souls. Um, it's a throwback to eighties horror. And uh, while I, I'm not particularly versed, I'd never seen Reanimator before. Um, I'm finding as I'm diving into that genre more and more, because even like the Joe Dante of it all, like when I like I love Gremlins as a kid and yes. uh, Burbs, uh, the Burbs. I was a huge fan of that movie when I was a kid, which you know, and even Beetlejuice has a lot of that kind of uh, that weird claymation mesh of hybrid animation stuff that you're just it's hard to not be impressed and obviously you get like the cronenberg which i have dived and in, dove into a lot of cronenberg's 80 stuff which is much more gruesome and obviously the thing is the standout for all practical effects um but i like a, a horror mixed with comedy that's that definitely seems to be my biggest appeal when done well and yeah. well reanimator some of the the some of the performance almost feels akin to like what if troll 2 wasn't bad like but the performances were still like over the top or some of the line reads are like silly that's how a lot of reanimator feels too but it it somehow manages to like elevate it, even though some of it feels like that no one talks like that like the main bad guy who has this like serum and even just the look of the serum is so cool like it's so iconic that green yeah. vial um i couldn't not vote for it and i i I don't remember The Dark and the Wicked as much as I wish I did. I just like read my review real quick while we were sitting here because uh, it did win. So I'm going to have another opportunity. I could vote for it, or could I vote for its rival? We'll have to wait and see. Um, Ooh. But I don't think we can spend as much time on the next two, but I also don't think we're going to have to, although I do have to hear something. Um, come true versus Halloween is the next matchup. <laughs> and halloween not surprisingly a lot of people put halloween in like a top 10 list of horror um and not necessarily even that it's it's truly deserving of that it's just one that so many people have seen obviously michael myers has transcended uh just being in a franchise like he's an icon of horror right yeah. like in a at a degree yeah. where um probably not deservedly but nevertheless out of just recognize recon, recognizability what's the word um people recognize michael myers
0: uh, I'll, I'll check recognizability because i can't think of the name yeah. i know what you mean though
1: um that uh you know he would probably be on like the mount rushmore of horror at this point right yeah, like i think i'm um,
0: 100
1: so halloween being on this list was probably one of the most obvious wins and sure enough it, it now the question is will it win win and that would be interesting because i don't know if it deserves it there's some really great horror in this this bracket yeah. and I But I can't deny, Halloween is a favorite of mine. I, I've seen it many, many times. At some points, I, I do find it, it's like, when you watch it, you're like, there's a lot of nothing in this movie. There's a lot of people walking in a small town. Yeah, But somehow, Carpenter just makes that work. And uh, obviously, the character, just they won't let it go. They will not let this character go. I, I don't think we're done. I don't think we've seen the last of Michael Myers, Mirror I'm Matt sure.
0: Bought, bought the rights to the TV series.
1: Yeah which i'm just like how are we already doing that like didn't we just conclude this um but yeah
0: i I mean these films shouldn't be getting sequels you just don't need to do it
1: yeah and i mean we've had like rob zombie had a different take on the the thing so it's not even like we're getting the same thing over and over again at essence we are but like they we've explored it in a variety of ways so uh but and come true I think is of all the movies on the bracket, I think the most disappointing because when it started, I was really into it. I was like, what is happening? This movie seems cool as crap. And I really liked the lead performance whose name I do not recall, but I thought she was fantastic. And I don't think she ever gets bad, but I do think the movie does. I think the movie goes off the wall, uh, in a ways that I, I was like, I don't, I am so in a different, like I was really into this and now I really want it to end. Um, so it was super easy for me to vote for Halloween.
0: Yeah. Halloween, Halloween swept the board. I also voted for Halloween. It, that was, this is a film that if it goes up against a few films in this, it's going to win almost yeah. by proxy. Um, yeah, I, I vote for that. You did the socials did. What does Ed say about Halloween? Is it my favorite horror film? Whatever. No. Is it in my top 10? No. It's even okay. in my top 20. Probably not. No, but that doesn't mean it's bad just because it, 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 it's the archetype for stalker slasher yeah. films out there. And, Uh, Everything it's gone on to spawn come true. um, I love the soundtrack. It's done by Electric Youth, who is a synthwave band who I really, really dig. uh, Who also did a lot of the or some of the score for Drive as well. Um, And look, come true horror sci-fi two things which, when done well, can be very effective. Uh, Julia Sarah Stone is our lead here. Yeah, I think again, I, I think this is a, I think this is a very, very good film. But when you strip it back. We, John and myself, without going too far through the looking glass, we spoke off air about this. And uh, for those who haven't seen it, you won't spoil it. But when you strip it back, you do kind of look at it and think, what is the point of all that? You know, what, what do we get out of that? And I had a little look and people were talking about um, Carl Jung, Carl Jung, sorry, and all these theorists out there. And I thought, do you know what? I want to go watch horror sci-fi film. I do not want to then have to go and read a damn thesis afterwards or dissertation about what, that, what it truly meant. Or, you see, I think then the storytelling has fallen apart by the time you get to that point. But uh, I think it's a very good film still. I do think it's a really decent film, but I think Halloween is going to take the biscuit on all of, uh, uh, against that one, sorry, and it will do against others. So Halloween advances, John, and the final matchup was uh, a very much a Shudder original, VHS 94, which was surprisingly my highest ranked pick, which is why it is the final pick versus your highest rated pick based on letterbox
1: scores your lowest pick it's your number 15 oh, sorry. Yeah, to my four.
0: lowest pick sorry sorry yeah my lowest pick based on letterbox ratings vhs 94 by versus your number one seed based on the same letterbox ratings nosferatu the vampire Werner herzog's vampire flick so you know if you're talking about sport here lowest seed against top seed you expect a clean sweep for nosferatu the vampire and you'd be dead right in thinking there was a clean sweep for vhs 94 the it's whole. a
1: cinderella <laughs> story it's a cinderella <laughs> story <laughs>
0: 100% you know if this goes on to win it will be the equivalent of insert low rated nfl team here going on yeah. to win the super bowl um or fa cup for soccer football um yeah vhs94 i'm a sucker for anthology films if they're done well i think vhs94 is one of the strongest in this series if not the I strongest agree. in the vhs it's the not only, much um sorry go on
1: i was the only one i would put ahead of it instinctually it is vhs uh just you know yeah. going with the first one and the, the, OG, the yeah. high west of it all
0: um good shout there's no fat on the bones there, i don't think jb whereas Nosferatu yeah. the vampire i think he kind of summed it up last week in that you know, it's, a, it's I think a beautiful looking film and verna herzog voice is all over it but right <laughs> just didn't work well yeah literally it just didn't work and i'm not going to sit here and say what a load of old crap because it really wasn't it's 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 one of those films which you know i appreciate when i'm watching them i am like yeah, i I, you know, I dig it on one sense but it didn't do anything for me. i felt hollow watching it and
1: so bored i,
0: I need more than yeah I, I need more than visuals i need more than a terence malik of it all gotta have something behind the eyes there so vhs which, swept it here
1: i also pointed out i think i pointed out the only version of... The, I've seen Nosferatu. I've seen Nosferatu the vampire. I've seen the Universal Dracula, which is es- essentially the same story. And I've seen <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula. I hate all of them except for the Universal Dracula. And that's because of Bella Lugosi. Yeah. Like, um, uh, all the other ones I think are so tedious. And I think it's partly because it's not about the vampire. Like, I love a horror film that is allegorical and that's obviously the point of the va- vampire yeah, is. is representative of the plague and and famine and all sorts of other th- but my god is it just so tedious, tedious. and yeah <laughs> he really makes this one tedious he lingers so long on the jonathan harker story i'm just like this is like 15 minutes in nosferatu why are we still here like it's so long
0: um please verna we want to see the yeah. baby oh wrong wrong thing yeah.
1: but but yeah, um so I'm I'm not so one, I would be willing to bet many people have not seen Nosferatu the Vampire, uh, and a lot more have seen VHS ninety four, especially because that came out during the pandemic, if I remember. Yes, correctly. sir, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so it's a lot top people seen, just though
0: so you'd expect yeah. it to have uh, maybe got one of the votes.
1: Um but yeah, uh yeah, no, I, I didn't. Um I, again, this is one I had not seen. Uh, I also think it's it it is the only Werner Herzog narrative film I've seen I've only seen his documentaries prior to this um, and I enjoyed them I, I love his voice I think he mm. has such if if he was Very narrating funny. Nosferatu I probably would have liked it more um, <laughs> yeah. but if he'd been like watch as we follow Jonathan Harker enter the castle like I'd have been like oh this is great um, here, right. all over that but uh, he didn't and it it suffers as a result but so that's the end of round one though so all yes. of the original thirty one films have now. Uh, either moved on to the next round or lost um and matt won uh more than me uh nine to six i believe is the final result it was close it was it was closer than it looked because at first you stre- you were like matt matt matt, matt 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 matt
0: um, and of course you've got possession as the buy. So if anyone's thinking well, hold on those numbers don't add up there was 15 brackets that we picked and then we had possession as the buy for the top rated yep. shutter film on letterbox so that went through automatically
1: and neither of us chose Possession. Um, yes, yes. It was, it was because it was, uh, by coincidence, it was the number one highest rated film on Shutter according to Letterboxd, that neither of us had picked. So that's why it's it got the buy um, and put into the bracket. So, uh, real quick, we're going to run through all of round two, which is going to be what we call the Sweet 16, not what we call what is often referred to in the bracket yes, system. Uh, we have Ringu versus the Changeling, Pulse versus the Dark and the Wicked, uh, two, both of the, both. I'm sorry, no... Pulse versus Dark and the Wicked is a Matt versus Matt. Uh, so you have to lose that one. Oh, um, no. Lake Mungo versus Ginger Snaps. Revenge versus Goodnight Mommy. What Josiah saw versus the Babadook. The Autopsy of Jane Doe versus Host. Um, Possession versus VHS 94. And Halloween versus Wreck. Wow. That's a challenging one, I think, because Wreck has a lot of love and is one of those well made found footage films. So it is will it beat halloween this beloved classic um so we have done the first matchup ring ringu versus the changeling has been completed um i voted for the changeling even though again ringu is technically my pick uh matt <laughs> what'd you vote for uh,
0: i voted for ringu uh, again for that this, this this was this was tough though because the changeling is so damn good george c scott is so great good. but there's, uh, there's something movie. about This uh, something about Ringu, which if if I had to pick which one I was going to watch, it came down to that. I can't separate them, which one I prefer. So it came down to which one would I put on now, and at the at the time I picked Ringu, which meant I picked Ringu. You'd pick the Changeling. That's a draw. JB, we went to the socials.
1: And the socials, uh, agreed with me that the changeling Matt's pick, but nevertheless, my vote, um, <laughs> deserves the win, which uh, in that same thinking, I kind of approached, I didn't maybe articulate it that way, but I have also been kind of of the two. If I, if it feels like a toss up, I like both movies, which one would I currently want to watch? And I've yeah. been, I've, when we made this list, I'm like, man, I should rewatch the changeling because that movie really hit uh, a chord for me when I watched it, um, and it's actually a movie that, but I never, before I watched it, when I was a kid, my aunt told me about the ball falling down the stairs. And I've always known about that scene yeah. from my aunt telling me about it. And so, um, this a movie that was always like in my consciousness, even before I'd seen it. So like, it's just really, really has that place in my mind. Um, so it was easy for me to, to, even though I could have voted for me. And I do want that to be clear, folks. Uh, I'm not exclusively voting for mine, nor is Matt exclusively voting for his movies. And this is a great example of it because we flopped. Uh, I I picked Ringu, but I was very much more on board with the Changeling, and it mo- it advances to the elite eight. It's the first movie to advance in the list. Um, next up is Pulse versus the Dark World. Again, uh, we hope you're having fun with this. We're gonna. Our hope is to make this an annual thing. We're we're already starting to think about next year how we're going to improve this, wh- how we're going to bring some extra stuff in. Um, You know, it's going to be fun. Uh, I, after doing the, uh, the 31 days of horror, I think I've done that like the last three years. Um, it starts to get hard to pick movies that aren't either just brand new horror, which is fine. But a lot of times like they pump out so much like shutter, especially, I mean, there's a new movie every week on shutter. Not everyone's worth our time, you know,
0: hundred percent. No.
1: Um, (laughs) and then and then the studios pump out horror this time of year but this usually maybe four and again usually not worth our time with a a few exceptions so and i've explored a lot of what's considered to be the great horror out there Mm -hmm. but then like possession was just not even on my radar and it's and it wasn't even available it's like what three years ago or something like that like they just got it back to where we can even see it and so um even though i didn't love it it's not jumped to my number one horror movie of all time um i wouldn't have watched it if not for this bracket and that's what we hope to ha- make
0: exciting. this
1: yeah it gives you something to like a way of picking the 31 films that are outside of just yep. the because if you keep looking at lists you're just going to see the same movies year after year it's always going to be like oh, american Werewolf from paris american world from london not paris no one recommends paris um, No, no no but like, you know, you're gonna see those same incredible films. Like I love American Werewolf in London, and yet I don't wanna I don't wanna only watch that every it Halloween. I want same, to,
0: old, same old play mode, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So this I've I have had a blast doing this. I, I had to watch so many movies so quickly um, to be able to vote appropriately. But like I, I've already watched it. like like seventeen horror films this month and we're it's only on the It's October. Yeah, so um and I got a few more to go. But all right, so that is the bracket talk.
0: Yes, it's October. Keep watching horror films. And what I like about the Sweet 16, JB, is you've got some classics in there. You've got some Shudder originals in there. You've got a couple of indie films in there as well. There's a a real good mix up. So to your point, JB... I'm so glad we didn't just do The Shining, The Exorcist, Nightmare on Elm Street. We've seen those films. There's no fun that. Hopefully, you guys can hear some of these films we're talking about, like The Changeling. If you haven't seen it, it's great. Check it out. If you haven't seen Pulse, The Dark and the Wicked Ringu, check it out. And the other films we've seen, they might not work for you, but sometimes the best horror films aren't the ones you find in your top 20 list. I'll tell you that. Take it from me. Many of my favorite horror films are not ones which are bona fide classics, so yeah that is bracket talk for this week next week we'll be diving into uh a couple more of the sweet 16 we won't be fully through it but we'll be getting towards the end of it leading up to the big reveal of the winner on halloween now let's move on then jb to our next segment Which is traditional? It is media consumption, and here we talk about the movies, TVs, f- series, films, video games, music, podcasts, on ours. What have we've done to pass the time since the last episode? JB, what have you been checking out?
1: Um, so I have watched a lot of stuff, but uh, blank check podcast, as always. This was the Zodiac episode. Um, I have not rewatched Zodiac since I saw it in the theater. I've oh, seen a lot of clips from it. I've rewatched. Things about, it. but I I went to the theater. I was really excited about it, and I didn't even realize that it was um Fincher at the Fincher. time. I don't think like I was just like, and I didn't know I wasn't like into Robert Downey Jr. yet, and I wasn't into Mark <laughs> Ruffalo at all. So Matt I didn't Jr. have. I just was really captivated by this unsolved mystery of the serial killer that is Zodiac, and I even read uh, Robert Graysmith's book um, at the time. uh In pre- I don't remember if I will read it after or right before the movie, but I read it and I was like really into the story. Um, I like the movie so much and the, the story itself about the Zodiac Killer that I bought like three other movies that had the Zodiac Killer like things like I have the Zodiac Killer. Uh, I've never watched any of those other ones, but um, <laughs> it was exciting to hear them talk about it for so long. Uh, big, big fan. So
0: so damn good. That basement scene towards the end. Oh, my is God. like pant wettingly tense.
1: You know what I didn't realize until I was listening to the podcast, though? The actor that is the, the basement guy is Roger Rabbit.
0: I had no idea of that either. I know you've never never put that together.
1: <laughs> I yeah. never knew that. I was like, "Holy crap." Um but uh and then I listened to the Doughboys. Um they had uh Jason Mansukas. Mans- Mansukas. Um, yes. He was recently on Blank Check. I for- uh he was on the Patreon episode for um Tomorrow Never Dies. And okay. he was great. Uh he's he's so much fun. And then he was on the Doughboys episode for um uh Oh, it's a chicken place that's in LA. I can't think of what the chicken place is called. But he is not only is he hilarious, uh, and he's in a lot. I mean, he's a character. He's in so many shows and movies and stuff. He's, you know, and he does a movie podcast. uh, How did this get made with Paul Shear? And I don't remember who the female is on that podcast because I've only listened to it once. I don't love the premise because it always feels like it's you're you're, like hating on movies, and I always am like, "Eh, I don't know if I want to like include that kind of negativity but i like him a lot and um man him on the doughboys because he's also like a fan of both blank check and doughboys so like he's just he's like having a great time being there but also you can hear like the fandom in his voice i just i think yeah. it's great if, um really good episode if you haven't listened to doughboys and you want to check it out um listening to him it's just it's a funny and the the two guys the two main hosts of the doughboys are dressed up as Batman and Joker. For that episode there is a video feed apparently um but they didn't tell jason they were dressing up and he was like genuinely kind of like irritated he's like i would have done something i didn't know uh, <laughs> and just thought it was really great um before i get in the movies uh i started playing a new disney game on it's 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 cross-platform it's on every system and it's free to play uh it's called disney speedstorm it is one of those free-to-play games where they're they want you to buy a bunch of crap but gotcha. you can play it for free right um okay. it's mario kart but with disney characters nice and i've had a total blast i have been playing it like it's it's formatted like Fortnite, where they have like the game pass So, like the more you play the more stuff you unlock and you can pay you can do that for free and you get some prizes but if you pay like their their ten dollar subscription you get more prizes that's it's become a new model for the free-to-play games um fortnight was like one of the first to do it but like every game has that now that's a free-to-play type thing um but i haven't seen one do mario kart and man i'm having a blast like right now i have the genie is my main racer uh have so much fun with him but there are toy story characters there are um, jungle book characters obviously mickey friends characters um pirates of the caribbean uh monsters incorporated mulan there's uh, there's a couple others i'm not thinking of right now but it it's man if you are a fan of disney and a fan of mario kart it's it's a must-play game, I think. Again, b- fair warning, you will probably be tempted to spend money if, like, the character you mm-hmm. want. That's why I don't have a Toy Story character, because I, I haven't unlocked one, and I could buy one, but I don't want to spend money on it. Uh, I did buy the Game Pass thing, though. Um, so that's partly how I got Genie. But uh, I didn't say Aladdin characters. I assume that was it was implied. But, uh, yeah, and it's cross-platform. So if you have a PC, Xbox, or PS4, five you can hop on and play um and play against each other it's it's great
0: why haven't we played this together john
1: i i'm just i think i've just told you about it so matt please uh download it later and we can't
0: right it will it sounds fun i love mario kart and games like that games you can just get on have fun have a chat have chat chat on the headphone and just have fun playing
1: exactly dude and that's um their their like multiplayer setup is is really cool where even if you don't win you still get points to advance to the next like level Uh, you just get more points if you win a race so there's not like the pressure to like have to win in order to do well i was afraid like i was gonna lose points if i lost like you know oh you didn't get in top three well you minus 50 points you fall back a rank so far, that has not been how it is. I don't know if maybe in the higher ranks that starts to happen, but in like the early stages, it doesn't. And I'm like, all right, cool, this is fun. Um, I dig it. So, movies. Uh, I'm going to knock these out quickly, but um, Reanimator, Come True, mentioned both of those for the the uh, the thing um, for the the bracket. Those are the last two films that I had to watch, and I've seen all of the horror movies on the bracket now. Um, mm-hmm. Got to see uh, the movie that we're going to be reviewing next week on the podcast. Killers of the Flower Moon. The new Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone film. Um, Won't say anything about that until next week.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, Saw a Nicolas Cage Western called Butcher's Crossing that I think (laughs) I'm under embargo for until next week. But uh, my review will be up at Disappointment Media once that embargo is up. Um. They are working through the Pierce Brosnan uh, films on Blank Jack I mentioned, and so I went ahead and knocked out The World Is Not Enough and Die Another Day. Um, and I say knocked out. Uh, I wish I had been um, knocked yourself out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not they're super not good, enjoyable. You know what? Brosnan's likable no matter what. Like no matter oh, what. I, I agree. Yeah, like he's he's very he is Bond. Like I can't get out of that. Like I definitely like him as Bond. I just wish the movies were collectively better. Um I do think though the use of the Bond girls in these in the last three are real bad <laughs> bloody awful um and my god denise Richards like she's like her performance in the world is not enough is so so awkward like she does I think not she's sound in starship like, trooper still, yeah, and like the way she's like the line reads feels so like she's reading it off the page or something like it's real bad um Matt, have you ever seen this movie repo the Genetic Opera?
0: If I told you I had, would you be surprised?
1: No, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: I have seen this film, yes.
1: Yeah. Um, So this movie, I've been aware of it for a while. I had a friend who had recommended it year after year. Um, I don't love the... I wish I loved the music. I think if I loved the music, I would love the movie. But I don't love the music, so I don't love the movie. I don't dislike the movie. I think it's ambitious and fun and and quirky and has a lot of those kind of practical effects that I was talking about, uh, really enjoying but a lot of the songs I feel like the lyrics are, are like not good. And I'm like, if this were better, this would be incredible, but it's, it's not. And like, there was no earworm that I'm like, Ooh, I gotta go listen to the soundtrack. And for a musical, I want that. Like I want, like I've re-listened to La La Land or once, or even Cabaret so many times.
0: i right.
1: I have no desire to listen to the soundtrack for repo and, and it's metal music. So I should like, I love metal music. This should be like my jam. I just think the lyrics are crap. Uh, and that's disappointing. Um Matt, I watched VHS eighty five.
0: Okay, here we go.
1: The biggest shock to me was realizing that there was a VHS ninety nine and that I had watched it because I don't remember it at all. Like I didn't I thought it went ninety four to eighty five. Somehow I have completely no. erased ninety nine out of my memory. And like I was like went to log this in. Letterbox and like ninety nine popped up. I'm like, oh, there's a ninety nine, and I'm like, oh, I've watched it. <laughs> like, no memory.
0: You see too many films.
1: Yeah, I do, but usually I at least like somewhat remember. This was like complete mind erasure. Uh, eighty five <laughs> is fine. There are yes, some really cool fine. ideas. One idea that I think is the coolest. I don't think they explore completely enough. I feel like they just kind of like drop it. Um, and that was disappointing. Um, I didn't look. This one felt more um jumbled than a lot of the anthology stuff. Usually like they, there's they like they've really
0: changed weird. up the way they tell these stories. They they yes. deviated from their formula a bit too much.
1: I agree. I think I like the anthology separation of the stories. Um was mm-hmm. one of the the what I forgot what the one was that you had on the bracket, but I really like that more anthology. Yeah. Like I, that one's very traditional. Here's a framing device, and then we'll introduce very clearly separate stories that are thematically connected, but ultimately separate. This was, yeah, a a blur of, like, this is this and this is this, and some of them might tie together a little bit, but not... Yeah, it it was felt a little more like a jumbled mess, but still overly enjoyable. Like, I don't hate it. I wasn't mad at the movie or anything,
0: but... Yeah, it's it's fine. It's certainly not the strongest of the theories. The
1: the thing is that anthology films are usually used as a jumping-off point for filmmakers, and... When they are distinctively different, you can see that. Where when you blur them together, it, it's harder to see the voice of the filmmaker stand out. And I think that's kind of the flaw of '85, unless there's only one filmmaker in this. But um
0: no, there's 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 a there's, a, there's a there's pretty big names in there as well. Scott Derrickson's one of them as well. Oh wow, f- pretty decent car um, directors' uh, cool list as well, which makes me a little bit more frustrated that this didn't blow it out the water. But yeah, you know, it's maybe half good, half not so great, maybe, but. I, it deviates too much for me to be really enjoyable.
1: Does 99 have the rock band one or is that 94?
0: Uh, I think that's 99.
1: Okay. Maybe, maybe I do remember. Anyways. Uh, the last thing I watched is a Argentinian film that is, uh, getting a lot of buzz. Um, it's in theaters right now and it is, uh, available on shutter in a week, two weeks on the 27th of October. Um, it's called when evil lurks. Uh, Ooh, man devastating film um i uh, Matt, i i honestly was i texted you while i was watching it part of me wants to tell you not to watch it because uh, i don't know i've got it now i know i know and i and i don't know i'm i don't know i could see it really having a, a devastating impact on you but at the same time you love horror so much it's hard to tell
0: <laughs> you love horror so much i put yourself through it now i got the email about this as well but a couple of weeks ago yep. uh, and I, I I just didn't, uh, you know, I've seen people talk about it online, but I just didn't kind of gravitate. It wasn't until JB said what he said. I immediately jumped on last night to send the PR team a message saying, look, I've just seen this not entirely true, but um, if is this still available, you know, I'd love to review this. And they came back this morning and said, yeah, sure. Here it is. So I'll be watching it probably tomorrow now, but you know, I, I'm slightly scared going in. I, I'm curious to
1: uh, feel feel free to please uh, message me while you're watching it if you want to live react those those moments. Um, I, right. I, I wrote my review and posted it this morning. Um, I I, I want to start taking more shutter stuff because I I didn't for a while and Shutter's great. We get so many emails. Um, like when you are a low level film critic, uh, as I would say, I am, as far as like, I'm not wor- working for like New York times. We get a lot of emails from like small independent stuff that I often don't open them to see yeah, even what they're so selling. Much. There's so much. Right. And I feel like I've missed a lot. Cause like I, I decided I heard about, uh, this movie, um, from the slash film cast is covering it. This week is actually the, their movie of the week. Similar to us. They didn't have anything to cover. They went with mm. this rather than going with a streaming service oh. thing um and so i was like well i need to watch this and like i searched my emails and i'm like sure enough there was like two emails like would you like a link i'm like oh i just didn't i like slept on this on accident exactly and uh yeah so like now that same the person who i got this this link from had an email come in yesterday offering another movie and i'm like yeah i'm just gonna take it because why not you know and uh I did. I did some research and tuna liked. I forgot what it's called. It's the new Heather Graham. Uh, Barbara Crampton is in it too.
0: Oh, uh, um, suitable fish.
1: Yeah. uh yes. Tuna saw it. I think at Tiff, maybe or something. I don't know. He's he's covered so many festivals this year. I have no idea where he saw it. Um, but he had I got like, the same email. He had like three and a half stars or four. Yeah, I think they're, they think I'm in the UK. By the way, because I, I keep getting invites to the UK screenings I, of these things.
0: Who it is, but I know exactly who you mean.
1: Yeah. So, but I'm just like, hey, i can I get a link instead? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, like <laughs> I'd love to go to the UK screening. I just don't think I'll make it. Uh,
0: but <laughs> I get a lot of New York screenings and LA screenings, and I have gone back sometimes and said it's a little bit of a commute but you know uh, maybe <laughs> next time and they yeah. never get back to me they never find it humor funny but is, um, is a
1: airplane ticket to the uk worth a streaming service film probably not but um
0: well you say that
1: listeners when evil lurks i can't comfortably recommend it because i do think it's devastating i do think it's very well made i i was very into the world building of the story because it has I don't want to compare it to John wick because it has nothing to do with the story of John wick. But what I mean is one of the things that I, I found so instantly captivating of John wick was what is this world of assassins, right? Like there's like, there's gold established. There's all this stuff. I want to know more about that. This movie, you you're given an idea that the circumstances are much bigger than what this single singular story is that we're watching. And I was like, Ooh, this sounds like a really cool, like, Terrifying world, mind you, terrifying. But like, what an interesting premise! And then, then it, it. Oh, there are four scenes in the film oh, that no. are like traumatizing levels of, oh, of horror. No. So, uh, I'm, I'm excited.
0: How, how can... Sorry, go on, sir.
1: I'm I'm excited to, to. I'm I'm worried, but I'm also excited because you're such a fan of the genre. I, I want to. I can't wait to see your reactions.
0: I can't wait either. but I was just going to say to your point that some of the films that come in the inbox, mainly the Shudder ones, I mean, I, they, I get them on my uh, account, so I get them anyway, but I find, maybe it's just genre bias, but I find that horror is a one where you can find hidden gems more often than not. Again, some of my favourite horror films in recent years have maybe been ones that have been on a festival circuit or ones that have come in my inbox, which aren't your exorcist believer or your Saw X or um, Talk To Me Was Great, but um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, sometimes these smaller films can be, surprising because horror films all you need is a story sometimes you don't need the budget all often you get a good story and you get some decent actors in there y- you know you're you i think you're more away than most genres are you just gotta nail the yeah. basics and um and- i would say say so yeah if you get any more shadow ones come in go, go for it most of them are 90 minutes shadow is my favorite streaming service by far because of the they don't sponsor us and it sounds like i'm about to go into a sales yeah pick, but I mean, because, of the the great, um, because of the great um because of the volume of stuff they got the different subgenres, genres uh it, and and the horror community is great they don't up they don't up vote down vote for the fun of it if you see a film that's five out of five on there you can rest assured it's probably going to be pretty good uh but yeah shudder but i'd recommend checking out as much of them as possible they're not all winners yeah. But we can't all be winners.
1: The last thing I'll say about When Evil Lurks Too is that it, by coincidence, it's the same writer and director of Terrified, which is on the bracket, and I loved uh, Terrified. Really yeah, yeah. Sh- shook me. Like I was not expecting to be so captivated by that film. Um, and so, had I realized that When Evil Lurks was the same guy, I would have been even more on board. Uh, but yeah, um, that's what I've been consuming, Matt. What about you?
0: uh not when evil looks, but i'll be watching that tomorrow uh, i might get a uh blanket for that one and some kind of comforting uh pastry to kind of make me feel better afterwards because i am terrified already but um my friend john uh, not as much this week because uh, i've had a busy weekend but so i listened to nightmare on film street and their discussion on Ex- the exorcist believer um as part of their patreon show for this month they have opened up their patreon for everyone, as a I think they call it as a gift for Halloween season, uh, and one of the films I reviewed on there was uh, Believer, and they were yeah, a bit of a, a bit ambivalent towards it; didn't, weren't the biggest fans of it. But one of the hosts, John, brought up a really good point, also called John, really cool point, which I would love actually to have seen it. It sounds weird at first, but the more I thought about, it, I was like, "Damn, that would have been so good." He he, kind of basically said about he said the body and the blood scene, the church scene you know the evil dies tonight of the film he said Mm. for him open the film with that that is that is the opening scene of the film we don't need to see the girls get possessed we don't need to see the origins of possession because as film fans the directors have to know that we know this similar to we don't need to see another superman or spider-man origin story because we know it now just go straight into your story which is this happens cold open and we now know there is a girl possessed why do we as much as i loved the missing girl angle of it why do we need to see that why do we need to build up because the trailer already spoiled the fact that the girls were possessed so we don't need to see that go straight in with something like that body in the blood scene maybe i think he did say that maybe tweak a few things here or there to make it fit an opening but there's your opening and immediately you're like okay where are we going here what the hell the film can then uh investigate what's going on the deterioration mentally and physically before we go into hopefully a you know a classic exorcism scene which maybe we didn't get but uh, i thought that's a pretty cool way of changing up a tired old format which is what we got and so a lot of that film despite the fact that i enjoyed it there's nothing really new so why not change it don't show us you know girls getting possessed again the medical scenes don't show us all that we've seen it and the film as film fans and horror fans, we know we've seen it. Director knows that screenwriters know that. So why show us again, give us something like body and the blood to open it up with. Um, so I listened to that. I watched double put toasted on, um, on YouTube doing their uh, weekly roast, which is always hilarious. I can't remember the film, the bad movie roast, but it's always good fun. um, I didn't really watch many films this week, JB. I didn't watch any new films, actually, apart from Totally Killer. All of my new films I watched last week, I crammed them in. I mentioned those last week. Um, so I watched Nosferatu, the Vampire, and The Dark on the Wicked. I've just mentioned those on the Bracket Talk. And the only other film I watched wasn't a film. It was it's a short film called Unveiled. And we don't often cover short films on this show. No disrespect to the genre, because a short film can be just as impactful as a uh, feature narrative if have told. Well, I've seen some fantastic ones. But it's what this one dropped in my box, and I don't know what made me open the email, but it's a I minute mean, and a half long, maybe. I think it's. I was like, Do you know what? Oh wow! S- screw it. I'm gonna watch this because it had got uh, lots of, it had won lots of short film festivals, including one uh, in Essex, around the corner from where my kid lives. I was, you know what? I'm gonna watch this one, and it was pretty cool. I liked it. It was literally, it's a one, sh- almost like almost like a one shot. And I was like, yeah, I dig it. Really cool, well made film. It's called Unveiled really cool there's nothing else to say about it it's just a 90 second short film which i thought was a very interesting little uh story great ending um, nice setup. nice build up nice well shot unveiled short 90 seconds long uh i talk about films being too long maybe this one was too short i don't know but um so i've watched films john i watched the start of a tv series this weekend what i'm I
1: sure know. it's one that i've recommended
0: to you then absolutely it's one of the millions it's one of the also and i also listen to all the podcasts you told me to w- listen to i need to uh, do that one day i commute so much now i can do that um but i watched the first episode of goosebumps which is on uh, i guess it's hulu over there in the states it's on disney plus over here in the uk and uh, i watched it because my kid she's um she as you know she like you know she loves wednesday and all this creepy stuff She's watched that now she loves all the spooky stuff she's, a, she's pretty much like her dad so I told her there was a Goosebumps series coming out, which is a you know a bit creepy. So we watched that together on Saturday night, and you know it's actually quite good. It's, it's, quite, it's they've really gone for I'd say a Wednesday tone. It's less comedic than that, I guess, but they're kind of playing it a little bit straight, and they're going for more up scares. It's not again f- full on scares, but it's not quite as out there as something like Totally Killer in terms of tone. I've only seen the first one. I would like to watch the second one. It does. All of the titles are based on the books uh, chronologically. So the first one is say cheese and die and you got a haunted mask and stuff like that. But it all plays. All these stories are told where they play into each other. Now that like the characters are the same and you know, the haunted mask plays into say cheese and die and it goes on to be its own story. I want to watch the next few, next few now. They're about an hour long, sorry, about 45 to 50 minutes long each episode. You know, they really, unlike the Star Wars and Marvel shows, you know, they've, you know they're have they really going for it with these goosebumps episodes. And I've seen a few people out there who have said, it's really good. You know, it might not be groundbreaking and winning all the awards, but they're like, yeah, this is surprisingly quite good. Uh, so that gives me hope and it felt very much, and this is, I know, I know I'm certainly guilty of saying it on this episode, let alone the last three, but it's that time of the year. This feels like something which is right now, right for this time. They get that tone. They nail it. And I used to love those R.L. Stein books. I had all of them. I used to love reading them. Uh, I obsessed over them. And when the original series came out, I loved that. Did, 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 did did. the music. Yeah. The music's iconic. The music's quality, but this is quite decent. Actually. I need to watch the rest of them. I've only seen one. They dropped the first five in one, and then they're going to start doing the last, four or five or however many it is weekly i don't know ask me why they're doing that but so i'm going to binge those other four in the next week or so and hopefully it, it holds up but yeah goosebumps um i uh, watched it with my little one she enjoyed it uh she found she found the mask a little bit creepy but um she she enjoyed it there was actually some vi- um visuals which i thought would terrify her in it because she's only seven but uh, no, she, she held firm. She did very well with her hot chocolate. She got through it, but so well done. And um, so that's what I've been watching. And I've also been playing at EA Sports FC 24, the football game you formerly known as FIFA. I play with my buddies at work. We've got a team which we uh, are doing quite well together as we log on. We play a couple of hours a night on the headphones. You know, we we... we, 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 we we video capture the best goals and all that kind of stuff and share them and it's cool it's cool it's communal and they're the kind of again i don't really like playing sports games by myself because it's boring but it's fun to play with other people similarly with Speedstorm, look i will download that i believe it'd be quite fun to play that jb so getting into yeah. this whole game multiplayer cross-play gaming stuff now but uh, and i'm sure that i know i'm sure there's another game i've been playing but i cannot remember it for the life of me JP. so i've been to dipping in and out of things this week if, if not watching all the films in the world because wasn't really anything coming out this week so i'd, I'd seen vhs i'd seen totally killer uh the heirs tour i'm not paying 20 pounds to see my sister went to see it and told me it's very good so there's my review mm-hmm.
1: yeah i haven't paid 20 yet either uh i think that's too much especially i understand why it's not included with unlimited but i feel like yes. if you have unlimited you should have maybe got a discounted reason. ticket or a single ticket for free. Um, yep. because I get like, you don't want someone to just go to see the air store like seven times or something. Um, because they have unlimited, but like, I feel like you could have gave us a ticket. Uh, maybe they still will, um, in the, the coming weeks. Cause I think it's, it's only showing on weekends too. I don't know if, if that's the same for you, but like my theater had it Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then it's not there right now. Like I can't go see it tonight. I can, but it's back on Friday, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know what's going on. It's really weird, but um, but yeah,
0: yeah. So, if you're going to watch the eras tour, let us know what you thought about it as well. Which bringing in the money and bringing in the bums on seats. So, that's what we've been watching this week, and now for our final segment to blast through. JB, this is this podcast has been going on for years, and we love doing it, which is why we come back each week. And we do so because we must remain bloody awesome each week to bring you the bloody awesome movie podcast. So JP, how, what the hell have you been saying bloody awesome this week?
1: I, uh, was accepted into a doctorate program, um, that I haven't decided for sure what I'm going to do just yet, but it is a doctorate of education. And I am, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely considering pursuing further education and it is, uh, it's it's exciting whether I stay with this if I take this opportunity or not. Um, it's exciting to be accepted in it. So that's what that's how I'm saying bloody awesome.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed, my friend. Do keep us updated on the uh, progress of that. But congratulations either way as one of the USA's premier education bringers and givers. So hopefully that is the start of something bloody awesome. Uh, mine JB is uh, I spent my Sunday at Legoland. I know you guys have Legoland over there in the States because it came up on my app and my kid was very excited to know there was one in California and Florida and all these exotic sounding places to a kid. But I um, went to Legoland in Windsor, which is uh, where the king lives sometimes. And it's great. It was brick or treat. So it was their um, Halloween theme where they had a Halloween theme rides there. The whole, everything was done up with pumpkins and orange and green everywhere and witches. And they had uh, people dressed up to uh give the kids a treat and sometimes a little scare they had some bonkers rides there which i know you're not the biggest fan which i also found out but some of the rides you know I lived, my kid went on and she was loving it despite only just about making the height threshold and dad was sitting there i.e me sort of holding on like white face and white knuckle and some of them feeling slightly sick but um yeah re- a really really good day out with Legoland. i don't mind a bit of lego i love the way they'd Really embraced the season, made it great for families. There are families there, couples there, kids everywhere. Good vibes, good time, best time of the year. I'll say it again, Legoland, really, really enjoyed that. And more importantly, my kid had a blast as well. And I also came home and zonked straight to sleep. So good day's work, John. Indeed, indeed. So that is this week's episode where we spoke about Totally Killer. We're going to have a very quick spoiler minisode coming out in the next few days. So keep your laughing gear out for that. And next week, we'll be talking about Killers of the Flower Moon from Martin Scorsese of the MCU fame. Uh, John has already seen (laughs) that. I'm going to see it this weekend. Very excited to see it, hearing nothing but good things. I hope it isn't hyperbole because it's Scorsese, but we will see. Now, in the meantime, though, we'd love to know what you think about Totally Killer, The Bracket, or anything we've spoken about this week. And you can tell us what you thought about anything over at Twitter on X at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. John, Instagram, where are we?
1: Um, We are at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, Facebook, bloody awesome movie podcast. Uh, check out the Tomato Meter for our review or rating of Totally Killer. It's going to be fresh, but what do we have to say about it? Probably what you've just heard. Either way, we're on the uh, we're on Tomatoes approved podcast, which is pretty cool. If you want to hear what I think about films or talk to me about films, you can follow me across all the social medias and letterbox and go to whatiwatchtonight.co.uk as well. John, where are you on the internet?
1: I'm at BerkReviews.com and at BerkReviews on all the social media platforms.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, and if you like what we're doing, please do rate and review the show with a five-star rating. It really helps the show grow. It gets more listeners in and yeah, we get to hear from more film fans each and every week. But with that, as always, stay bloody awesome. And keep watching movies. blah, blah, blah. blah.